Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale ends Monday. Get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin for a savings of up to $600. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $4.99. And Friday through Monday, get a Beautyrest Queen mattress for just $99. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for the best deal of the season. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. $99 mattress offer available in-store only to while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Welcome back to Laying the Points, a Road of His podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. My co-host, as always, looking sharp in the polo tonight. <clears throat> find him on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. It's, of course, Matt Lamarca of the Action Network. Matty, how we doing? Doing well. Uh, excited for this round of football. I mean, we've only got the two games. We lose Saturday, which obviously stinks, but... Um, you know, these are probably the two best football games of the playoffs, you know, like arguably the four best teams or at least the two best teams in each conference. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think we're looking at a great week of football and then hopefully a really, really entertaining Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Yeah, totally with you. Um, I mean, for me, these are the matchups I wanted going into the playoffs. Maybe Chargers. I could have, I could have settled for yeah. Chargers. Um but definitely in the NFC, this is what I wanted, and I'm excited. I mean, I feel like no matter what, we're going to get a really good Super Bowl, and uh, with a total of like 55 or 60, and that's uh, that's what I want. So, thank you, NFL. I will say that the playoffs have been a little like NBA esque in that it's just like pure chalk. I feel like the games haven't been super great outside of maybe the Eagles game last week. Um, so yeah, but uh, but I am excited to talk about this week. I think we're going to have some good games. I don't think that's a bad thing either. Like, I, I understand from just a pure entertainment aspect, like, yes, we want late drama and competitive games, but the best teams winning, in my opinion, is never a bad thing. No, definitely not. And and I do think that, like, what separates this year from past years is that, like, the best teams are just way better. Like, but not just because of talent. Like, they just do stuff a lot better than the other teams, you know? Like, I feel like every week we talk about how, smart the Rams and Chiefs and Patriots are and uh you know how good the Saints are so like they they deserve to be here you know I think it's yeah how good they are and I think that teams that are are you know obviously not playing this weekend should look at how these teams are constructed and maybe try and take some notes because I don't think it's a coincidence that you know the Chiefs and the Rams are here given that they have a you know a good young quarterback on a cheap contract and that the Patriots are here because Tom Brady isn't making, you know, elite quarterback money. Yep. So, like, I think that this is a formula that we've already seen a lot of teams try to copy. You know, the Bears are trying to copy it right now. Uh, I think the Jets are going to take a very similar approach this offseason with Sam Darnold. But I really think that the worst thing that you can do right now is put yourself in, you know, quarterback purgatory and pl- paying a non-elite guy, you know, like 25 to $30 million a year is just not a good strategy. To win football games right now. Yep, totally agree. And like, I feel like on on Twitter and stuff, like people still don't like get this point. Like, they're just like, oh, well, like you have to pay, you have to have a quarterback because it's just better than 
not having a quarterback. And it's just, it's just not true. Like, <laughs> it, right. this, this I mean, is, you still have to get lucky, right? You still have to find a good, cheap quarterback that you can win with. But like, it, that's, that's doable. You know, like that, the odds of finding that guy is much more reasonable, in my opinion, than finding a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who deserves to be paid $30 million a year. Right. You know, so like, just keep taking the shots. Um, I was having this debate last night with somebody who said that the Eagles should just pick up uh, Foles' option because essentially they'd be paying Foles and Wentz like a combined $25 million or something like that. And I was like, They'll, then you're just losing all the value of having a cheap quarterback. Right. So, yeah, I think that – I mean, I think a lot of teams are onto this already. I think we're going to start seeing some teams let their quarterback walk instead of you know paying them the ridiculous amount. Uh, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, with the Cowboys, right? They're the first ones that I think we're going to have to make this decision because yeah, they're paying. They're going to have to decide whether they want to pay Dak the big bucks. I personally don't think he's worth it. Worth it. I think you're kind of along the same lines of thinking as me. Uh, I mean, I like Dak. Don't get me wrong. Sure, but yeah. P- paying Dak twenty-five to thirty million a year is just not a good formula. Yeah, I mean, like I, I was saying this to someone I think yesterday, but like it can't a system where it's just like the next guy up just makes the most money makes no sense. Like you have to have until there is some level of performance impacting the, you know, the amount, it'll never work, you know, unless you're like a good team that pretty much like you don't mind because the quarterback's good anyway, you know, like, uh, but like to just pay Dak the most money in NFL history because he's the quarterback that's up right now. Like it's weird. And I like Dak too. But I, and I, by the way, I do think Dallas will pay him. So, right. oh, of course they will. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not going to be like the analytical uh, trend busting team, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I am excited about that. Um, all right, let's get into the games. We have a, uh, you know, a few interesting trends as always that we'll talk about. We'll start with the NFC Championship. We have Rams and Saints. Uh, of course, all lines are going to come courtesy to us. Uh, from my bookie. Thank you, my bookie. Uh, and, you know, great game, obviously. We're, we're going to be in the Superdome. This is a rematch of a game we saw earlier this year. It's consistent with both uh, games this weekend. And if you look at the DVOA numbers, again, both of these teams are in the top five. Rams second, uh, New Orleans fourth in terms of overall DVOA. Uh, Rams second, New Orleans fourth on offense. Uh, on defense, it's Rams 19, New Orleans 11. And uh, on specials, it's uh, Rams 17, New Orleans 9. So, uh, obviously, really tight. Uh, you could argue, I think, that the Rams are a better team, even though they lost to the Saints and, and did not get the home field throughout like New Orleans did. But uh, what is your take on the matchup? And you know, is there anything in general that you think about uh, championship round football? Yes, I, uh, I would not make the case that the Rams are the better team right now. And the big reason why is just the play of Jared Goff. Since Cooper Cup has been hurt, uh, if you look, this is courtesy of Ian Hartitz over at the Action Network, who is Hartitz. just a, an abs- absolute monster at crushing data. Um, Goff with Cup this season, 69.6 completion percentage, 9.7 yards per attempt, 6.2% TD rate. Without Cup, nine games, 59.8% completion, 7.1 yards per attempt, 4.7% TD rate. Uh, so a re- really a big drop-off. Um we also mentioned last week that Cup is like a dra- I'm sorry that Goff is drastically worse on the road than at home. I won't go into those stats again, but you can look and and uh, go 
go check out last week's show if you want to hear about them. Um, and I, I think that the Saints are going to have a big edge on this game in the ground. The Rams are 28th in defensive rush DVOA during the regular season. I know they shut down Dallas last week, but there was some weird stuff going on that like they knew the offensive play calls. Uh, I, I don't really, I'm not 100% sure what was going on, but I'm not ready to say that the Rams rush defense is fixed because they had one week. Uh, they were also 30th in explosive runs allowed. Mm-hmm. So I think the Saints are going to have a big edge on the ground game. We also know about Michael Thomas, right? His ability to just dominate basically everyone. But he had his best game of the season against Marcus Peters, 12 catches on 15 targets, 211 yards and a touchdown. They did not have a key Tlaib available in that contest, but Tlaib has not shadowed a single receiver all season. So I think it's very unlikely that Tlaib is going to, you know, be used as the Michael Thomas stopper here. I think that, you know, he's going to be moved all over the field and he'll still have plenty of opportunities against Peters. Uh, we have the calculated spread on this game as four and a half over at the Action Network using our power ratings. And the Rams look like they're going to be a slightly public dog. 56% of the bets right now are on the Rams. So I love all of that. Uh, I really like the Saints this week. I think that, you know, they're just getting the three points for home field. But like I said, I think that they're definitely, uh, at this point in the season, a better team than the Rams are. Yeah, and I definitely think that the cup thing is big. Uh, He's really talented, obviously. Uh, A couple general trends for championship round, just uh, stuff from the last, like, I don't know, 17 years or whatever. uh, what is it? It's 2019, so since 2003, 2003, 2004 season. Uh, but the favorites, which I think is almost always the home team, is uh, 17 and 13 in these games. Um, last year, we had the Patriots lose against the spread. They were favored by seven and a half, but that was after one, two, three, four, five straight wins on this trend. Uh, and if you look dating back to the 2014 playoffs, 2013-2014 playoffs, um, the home team has only lost twice against the spread. So a uh, really palatable trend here that favors the Saints, I think, uh, especially since they're a dome team. We know that dome teams are most impacted by weather uh, you know, and outdoor conditions. Saints being at home is a really huge edge for them. Um I hope from a viewership standpoint that they stop running the football and start throwing because it'll be more fun. But uh, you make obviously a really good case for them to continue to do that. I think that this is a good matchup for Kamara. I definitely think he can rip off some long ones against this defense. Uh, and same thing I talked about last week. I mean, the D-line for the Rams, really they specialize in rushing the passer. Um, and that's really neutralized against a quarterback like Drew Brees, who number one gets the ball out very quickly. Uh, but also has a very good offensive line. So um, it's going to be really tough, I think, for this for the Rams to cover here. You mentioned the deal with Thomas. I mean, he does move all over the formation anyway. Um, when they were shadowing, it seemed like it was earlier in the year when Tlaib was hurt, and they tried to use uh, Peters in that kind of role just to give some of their other corners a break. Didn't work out. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman is still there. I mean, they have other dudes, so that, that explains why they won't just uh, you know shadow with one guy. Uh, but I'm not really sure any of those guys are very good. So, and it doesn't really matter. I don't even think against a guy like Thomas. Like he's so so good. Uh, you'd need a really elite corner, I think, to stop him. So, I uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. It hurts my heart because I am definitely Team Rams, but I think the Saints are the correct side. Uh, and I think that of the two games, this is my preferred over bet. 
Uh, overs are 17 and 10 in this round since 2003. So uh, usually see a lot of scoring, even in past years where scoring hasn't been necessarily like in vogue in the NFL. These teams tend to score. It makes sense. I mean, offense dictates the pace of play, I think. And uh, generally through the a- you know AFC or NFC championship, your offense is probably pretty good. So uh, I'm going Saints and over here. The one thing that I will say like that slightly concerns me in this game is no Sheldon Rankins for the Saints. Yeah. Um, he was he was their best interior defender, uh, 24th, according to Pro Football Focus this season, in terms of interior defenders, like against a team that just ran for 270 yards. That could definitely have an impact. Um, I, I'm trying. I, I really do like the Saints quite a bit, but that's the one thing that's keeping me from making this like a, you know, a slam dunk type of play. Yeah, what do you think, uh, by the way, the Rams are going to do with Gurley this week? Is it going to be like a split again? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, was there any explanation? Like, is it purely a health thing? Or do they really just like what C.J. Anderson brings to the table? I feel like it had to do with the fact that Gurley hadn't played in like a month and a half. But who knows? I don't know. Running backs don't matter. So, I mean, it's probably... <laughs> Maybe McVay's just like, yeah, let's keep rolling I mean, you the know- guy out there. You know I'm a C.J. Anderson truther, but I mean, I, I don't think I'm going out on a huge limb by saying that if it is a timeshare, Todd, Todd Gurley should end up on the correct side of it this week. <laughs> it looked like uh, freaking Mike Tolbert in a C.J. Anderson jersey. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, all right. Anything else in this game before we go to the next one? I think that's it. All right, cool. Before we talk Patch Chiefs, I want to talk a little bit about my bookie. Uh, you know that the playoffs obviously are upon us. We have championship week. We're going to have the Pro Bowl, which is uh, actually sneaky fun from a betting perspective. I know the Action Network. Just uh, bet the over. Yeah, the Action Network really enjoys covering that. So uh, check that stuff out. And then obviously the Super Bowl, which is the best betting day of the whole year. Uh, we'll have a full Super Bowl show for that. And all of our stuff, all of our props will come from my bookie. So uh, you know, definitely make sure you have action with them. Uh, sign up in my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money, this playoffs, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have uh, you know a nice bankroll for the rest of the playoffs. Just use promo code Rotoviz when you deposit to activate this special offer. That's promo code Rotoviz. At the place where you play, you win, and you get paid, mybookie.ag. Yes, and, and I can now attest to the fact that you do win and you do get paid. You know, <laughs> I made a, a withdrawal from them, pretty sizable by my standards. I mean, maybe for some of you out there, it's not. But, uh, you know, it was it was a couple thousand, and uh, they had it turned around in, in, I think, less than a week in terms of, you know, approved and sent directly to my account. My bank account, that is. So, yeah, like you, they, you do win and they do pay fast. The customer service was excellent on that. So, uh, yeah, I can now speak from experience that they are a pleasure to work with. Uh, Cosign, obviously, as I was also a part of that transaction. So, <laughs> we, uh, you know, I, and I think, by the way, that's like a big deal because I think some a lot of these offshore books, that's like, you know, you never know if like you get a hit, you're actually going to get paid off. And, and my bookie does pay. And uh, I was obviously happy to see that. So, <laughs> yeah. 
You will have you will have a similar experience, listeners. Yes, agreed. Uh, Patriots at Chiefs. I mean, love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop, and as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. I think we were both we were both surprised that the Patriots won last week, Matt. We were definitely on the Chargers. That was, those were our picks of the week. Um, and now we get another rematch here. Pats uh, had a squeaker against the Chiefs at home earlier this year. Now we go to Arrowhead. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs are the top team in football by DVOA in terms of overall and on offense, while New England sits at fifth in those rankings. So obviously very, very uh, close. On defense, New England is 16th, KC 26th. And on special teams, Matt, New England is 16th. <laughs> but the Chiefs, led by Butker, led by... Ty Freak, uh, two, ranked second overall, especially team DVOA. Uh, what do you think of the matchup here? Um, yeah, I mean, first off, we were we were like on the right trail, I think, last week, right? Like we didn't we didn't have a good week in terms of picking games, but I think we were a little bit more wary of the fact that all of these public dogs, you know, all the underdogs were public teams, like right, very live. Yeah, we we kind of were thinking that maybe it was a good week to zig when everyone was zagging, but ultimately we did not zig. <laughs> we zagged along with everybody else and uh, we're losers. So I don't want to act like I was super surprised that the Patriots covered. I mean, they're the Patriots. This is what they've been doing for years. Right. And I do think that, you know, the the extra week off to prepare gave Belichick such a massive coaching advantage over Anthony Lynn that... <laughs> You know, maybe we should have seen that come. Yeah. So much for Gus Bradley, huh? Did the exact yeah. <laughs> same defense that he did against Ravens. I was like, oh, what a smart guy, Gus Bradley, with the nine DBs. And then it did the same thing against New England. They right. were like, uh, sure, I guess we'll just hand it to Sonny Michelle. Right. We'll score 35 in the first <laughs> half. No problem. Um, I think the big storyline we have to address first is the weather, right? Yeah. So how much are you, like, Taking in taking that into account when you're handicapping the side and the total in this game. Well, I cared a lot more, you know, on Monday when it was supposed to be like zero degrees, like zero to ten degrees. Like to me, is extreme is extreme cold. Like I know for the most part, I'm really hashtag weather doesn't matter, especially like when that weather is not wind. Um, I mean, pretty much if I feel comfortable like walking to work in it, I I think that guys can play football in it. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, single digit weather, I was not like ready to mess with. I feel like that is extreme cold. Like basic science tells us that like your body just doesn't behave the same way in that kind of weather, right. even if you're like a stud athlete. So, uh, I mean, I hit the under earlier this week because it was at 57, and I thought we were going to get that you know those you know zero degree temperatures. Uh, but now, I, the last thing I saw today was like the over, they actually put an over under out on the weather, and it's 19 and a half degrees so i mean to me if we're in the 20s very very playable um very normal i mean i know action has a bunch of trends on that 
And uh, so I, if the weather's there, I, the game doesn't really matter that much to me. I mean, obviously the the Chiefs play at home here. Like they should be relatively acclimated to the weather. And the Patriots are from freaking New England. They play in this. Usually they're at home in these games. <laughs> so they, they play in this all the time. So uh, unless it was going to be freezing, like freezing, 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 I, I don't think it, it impacts the sides uh, too much for me. Okay, yeah, so I, I did run some trends on this over at Bet Labs, and you're pretty much spot on with, with your analysis, at least in my opinion. Hey. Uh, sub 10 degrees in terms of an average temperature, the under is 10 and 7 against the spread uh, in the regular season and playoffs since 2003. Obviously, a small sample size, like it's not under 10 degrees that often, but that is hitting at a 58.8% clip and you would have an ROI of 15.4% if you just blindly bet unders when it was forecast to be under 10 degrees. If we look at from 10 degrees to 30 degrees, the over is 120, 86, and 4 since 2003. So the over is covering at 58.3% in that situation on a pretty large sample size. Right. So... I think that speaks perfectly to what you're talking about. Like when it's cold, it's really, when it's like really cold, it's just hard to play football. But from 10 to 30 degrees, the public is still overreacting to the cold and it's creating value with the over. So I think that we're in sort of an excellent situation here to, to honestly target the over, in my opinion, because I am seeing forecasts right now for like 20 degrees, which is, again, it's going to be cold, but these guys are athletes. They're running around like there's heaters on the sidelines. It's not going to be nearly as big of a factor as the dramatic cold was expected to be earlier in the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's like a really good chance that I hedge out of this and just like come over the top with the over. Because I, I, again, like I, for me, part of the reason that I took it the under was that I just thought that the, the total was a little inflated from the first meeting because they scored like 83 points total, I think. Right. Um. And I, I just think that the Chiefs at home is just like a way different defense. They haven't given up 30 points at home in like 30 home games, like something stupid. Yeah, 34, I think. Yeah, so like I'm not sure that this gets to be that that level of a shootout. So like I thought 57 was a little high, and then I was like, oh, well, if we're going to get the weather also, I'll hit the under. So uh, I'm not positive I'm going to come over the top just yet, but I, I do not feel nearly as confident as I did earlier in the week. Um just in terms of like the matchup, uh, I mean, it's a great matchup, right? Like we're going to have, I think for the Chiefs, the edge is going to be, you know, it's going to have to be just Mahomes straight up, right? Like they have to keep Mahomes clean. When Mahomes is not pressured, he's the best quarterback in football and the weapons are elite. I don't, I think in particular, Kelsey is the go-to guy here. Uh, the corners are obviously excellent. We saw, we saw Hill smash them the first time they played. So I'm not saying that like they take Hill out of the game. I'm just saying that the Patriots have zero answer for Travis Kelsey. Uh, their linebackers stink in coverage. Their safeties are average. The corners are the super strength of the defense. So uh, really, really like Kelsey this week to uh, kind of impose his will in the matchup. And the big thing, I think, on the other side of the ball is that we talked about this last week, like you can run all over the Chiefs. So like do the Patriots come back out with this like smash mouth kind of approach with Sony Michelle. Um, that was another reason I kind of like the under is I feel like we're going to get some, you know, some running in this game. Um, and when they throw, 
I think they'll probably third, third the running backs too because they their Chiefs have gotten killed. They're, you know, the top five in receiving yards allowed, or I should say bottom five. But you know what I mean? Uh, fifth most receiving yards allowed to opposing running backs this year uh, in the regular season. So like they're just getting killed by pass catching running backs. I feel like this is another like double digit James White target game. Um, and the way the Patriots play really in general is just kind of like you know death by a thousand cuts. So. That's kind of how I see the game playing out. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to lean with the trends that say we want the home favorites because um, I do believe ultimately that KC is better. And I think that you know going to Kansas City really tough. They've been a really good home team this year against the spread. Uh, the Pats have been very mediocre on the road. I think they're like 3-5-1 on the road against the spread. So like, uh, I, I just feel like everything is kind of telling us take the Chiefs and lay the three. Yeah, I wish that I had known – that the the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, that the Patriots had only trailed at home for like six total minutes during the regular season I heading know. into the playoffs. Like such a fish, not knowing like that. that would have been a nice one to know. Um, but I didn't see that anywhere, so it's not like just you and I missed it. I feel like not many people were on that angle. Um, yeah, uh, just to talk a little bit about you t- buying the under early, I think that's super sharp. Like I, I, I told you off air, like. Buying on rumor and selling on fact is a thing in investment, like in the stock market. And it basically means like you need to take advantage before everybody else knows about it or else you're not going to get any value. Right. So you take the under the line dropped, which you expected. And again, you always have the option now of buying back if you want to. Mm -hmm. So and you'll even have a little bit of middle equity. Not a lot, but it's possible. (laughs) You know, like uh, I totally think that that's a great, great really sharp move by you and uh kudos so i will say just one last thing on the cold if there is one player in this game that i think we have to worry about the cold being a factor it has to be tom brady right like he's he's a 40 he's a 40 year old man well like he just is gonna get cold like i know a lot of old people and they get cold well i'll say this matt i'm gonna pull this up now because i Tom Brady obviously has a lot of experience in the cold weather, and he's been pretty good. Um, Not as good as you think. I looked it up. I don't have it in front of me, but I looked it up. Yeah, well, I I, I kind of just know it from a fantasy perspective because that was the the lens that I was looking at it on. It was for my stacks piece this week. Okay, that makes sense. Let me uh, let me pull this up. I guess I guess really just shows that he can still play at a high level. Not that he does it consistently. Like he's had right, and and just because his team, like I was looking at cover rates, and just because his mm-hmm. team may not have had success, that doesn't mean that he right. necessarily hasn't been successful. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. I may be, uh, I may be overvaluing the team uh, cover rate yeah. for for Brady. He's in played in nine games with freezing temperatures since 2014. Uh, so I mean, what is he now? 42. So since he's been like 38 or so. And uh, he's gone over 20 DraftKings points for those nine games. So, I mean, uh, roughly we can say that he's played pretty well in like half the games. And uh, I guess average in the other half. I mean, I, it's not like a super relevant trend, I guess. But yeah, you're I just, right. I, I was looking at Belichick more than Brady, I guess. Because Brady's numbers are actually pretty good as a coverer in cold temperature. But he's 40 now. So I'm sticking with my <laughs> old man old theory. Um. I do want to say that I think that the Belichick versus Andy Reid matchup is going to be like very analyzed this week. Sure. But Belichick on one week rest in the playoffs, six and nine against the spread. So that's, you know, divisional round 
when he's had a bye or wild card round when he hasn't and uh conference champ you know what i'm saying when he hasn't had an extra week to prepare he's been pretty mortal uh andy reed in that same spot three and five against the spread so neither coach honestly great in that situation uh and andy reed has had belichick's number recently uh in three of their past four meetings his team has scored at least 40 points versus Belichick. Now, two of those games came with Alex Smith, but that honestly might be more impressive right. than the fact that he did it with Mahomes. Go so, Mahomes now. Right. So, like, I totally expect the Chiefs' offense to be able to move the ball here. Um, the other thing that I think really sets up well for Mahomes is that the Patriots are one of the biggest man coverage teams in the league. And if you look, he had five games this season against teams that were – uh, man coverage at a top 12 rate. That would be the Patriots, where he was 352, four TDs, and two picks. Uh, the Broncos, twice, 304 and one, and 303 and four with an interception. The Steelers, 326 and six. And the Bengals, 358, four TDs, and one pick. So he's just destroyed man coverage all season. Yep. Um, I, I don't feel like the, the Pats will really change it up that much. Like, it's hard to change your identity in a week, right? Like, I mean, I guess you could probably speak to that more as someone who has coaching experience. Like, that's got to be something that's at least somewhat difficult to do, right? Yeah, I mean, in general, offense or defense, like you have a system and then you try to tailor that system towards your opponent every week. But it's really difficult. Like, you know, you can't just be like, I mean, the Patriots have done this more than anyone else, but it's really hard to be like, uh, you know, base 4-3 man defense one week and then be like a base three, four zone defense the next week. Um, it's hard to do that. And I, I, the Patriots have done that a few times, so I don't want to just completely discount it. But I mean, the strength of their defense all year has been the, that their corners have been really good man corners. So it's it, it, like, if they start playing zone, it kind of hurts them. I feel like. To do right. So uh, yeah, I would imagine that they will still play, be playing a bunch of man, um, I think that where they'll try to get Mahomes is with like unique blitzes because his numbers change really drastically, pressure versus non pressure. Um, so I think that's really the answer for them is like they're going to play, I would imagine they're going to play some man defense and then we're going to see a few zone blitzes up front. Um, and like just some, some mixing it up there to try to confuse Mahomes because I don't think that you can really change much. In the secondary, I mean, so much of what they do is dictated by the defense anyway, like, you know, with like the RPO stuff and uh, they get the ball out really, really quickly for the most part. So, like, there's not really much I feel like you can change coverage wise, but I think the stunts and stuff like that, I think that's where that's where the Patriots have to win on defense. Yeah, that makes sense. And the, the Chiefs have of all the remaining teams, like I do believe they've allowed the most pressure. Yeah. Um, And the, and the Pats are decent at getting after the quarterback. But you know, Mahomes' scrambling ability does negate a lot of that. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, just going through everything, my favorite bet in this game right now is is actually the over, um, which is, like, really weird for me since I don't think I've liked the total all season more than a side. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, literally all my picks this this season have been sides. So uh, I'm going with the, the, the over right now as my favorite pick, and then after that it would be the Chiefs minus three. Any interest in like a money line side in either game, actually? Like, yeah, I, you seems like you like both favorites. 
Yeah. Um, so do you just, I mean, where are you on, I know we talk about like taking the money line on small dogs. Mm-hmm. Where are you on doing that on small favorites? Not a fan. Um, I mean, the, the numbers show that teams that cover the spread or teams that win outright that are favored cover the spread when it's this small at like a pretty strong amount. So like maybe I, I it seems unlikely that you're going to get a win by less than three points. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it really feels like you're just laying the extra juice with really zero added benefit. All right. I agree. I was uh, always curious on the sharp take. You know? Um <laughs> Well, since we don't have one of those available, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that kind of covers a lot of the game. Um, I don't know. Anything else that you want to talk about at all, whether it's this or, or otherwise? I mean, I feel like we we haven't talked about any basketball. I don't know if there's anything that you're – any futures you're looking at or anything. There's no pressure. Uh, not on the outline. I just uh, – I was just spitballing. So yeah. I'm really just trying to get you to say something ridiculous about the NBA. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, my hot take right now is that I, I don't really have one. Like, obviously, James Harden has been doing just some like really ridiculous things. Um, it's hard to watch the NBA and not be fascinated by what he does every night. I'm curious as to what this looks like, you know, two months from now. Oh, yeah. And in the playoffs, like playing this style of basketball has to wear him down and like he's already had the knock on being somebody who underperforms in the playoffs so unfair in my opinion by the way yeah i mean listen it's i took we talked about it this in the nfl like you have that reputation and then it can change in one series like it's just what it is like you know peyton manning could never win the big game and then won two super bowls so it's just how it's just how the public perceives things these days uh, I'm really enjoying the point guard Donovan Mitchell experiment right now in Utah. You know, like all three of their starting point guards are hurt. So Mitchell has been running point and I think it just makes them a better team. Like I, I love Ricky Rubio. So maybe when Rubio comes back, like, yeah, you obviously want to get him back in the lineup, but like any sort of offensive system that's going to give your best player more touches, I think is obviously plus EV. So uh, I've also got a decent Utah futures bet out there, so I've you know been paying pretty good attention to what they've been doing this season, <laughs> and I think they might be ready to make a run. So that might be my one, uh, you know, NBA futures take that I have for you. All right, let me ask you this, just because we have time, and I and I think this is an interesting question. Okay, the Lakers right now are twenty four and twenty one. They are the nine seed in the West. LeBron is supposed to come back, you know, relatively soon to so practice next week. Yep. When we are sitting here at the end and doing our playoff show, what seed will the Lakers be? For context, yeah. for context, the Warriors are the one seed with 31 wins. Correct. Yes. Um, it's a good question. Going through the playoff standings right now, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Thunder, uh, all definitely in. You know, like all in, all going to be seated higher than the Lakers, in my opinion. Um, Portland has a pretty big lead on them right now in terms of just eh, it's only two and a half games let's see the Clippers I think are the team that falls out you know like I like what the Jazz have been doing Uh, the Spurs have been playing really good basketball for the better part of a month now and the Rockets have been good so I'm gonna say that the Lakers are in the six to seven range maybe five that's my uh that's my that's my take I mean 
I don't, again, like that's, that's a good season for them. This was not supposed to be a year where they're, they contend. Um, they could also make a move, you know, like, right. That's if Simmons Anthony thing. Davis becomes available, you know, everyone on that team besides LeBron is going to be up for grabs. So that would be another obviously huge X factor here. I still think that the Lakers are close to a 50 win team, you know, like that's, and that probably gets you in the playoffs, but I don't think that means that they're going to have like home court or anything in the first round. Yeah. I think that's, I think those are all good points. I, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I've been kind of getting into the basketball a little bit. I mean, we've been talking, like I've been playing a little more DFS for NBA. Um, really good basketball season. I mean, I, I I don't know. I can, you remember, I feel like we haven't had, I don't know if parody is the right word, but like it hasn't been like this good of a race in a while in either conference. Um, right. The one thing that I think is really interesting is that, you know, outside of the Warriors, like take the Warriors off the table, you could make an argument that the, the, the better conference is the East, at least, you know, from like one to five. Sure. Yeah. You know, like again, take the Warriors out, like the top five teams in the East could definitely be better than the top five teams in the West which I just don't think we've been able to say in a while, which is fun. Like, it's good to have two competitive conferences. Yeah, it's about time, too. <laughs> I uh, I would really like to see the Pacers make a move. They have, like, so much – they have so many, like, expiring contracts. I would love yeah, to see them. Like, like literally, like, $30 million in expirings, maybe yeah. more. So, like, if they could pick somebody up and, like, really press the Raptors and the Bucks, I think that'd be really fun. And obviously the Sixers are going to be there. You know, the Sixers will be fine. I think Boston ultimately will be okay. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what becomes available because like the Pacers biggest hole right now, in my opinion, is point guard. And there's a lot of good point guards. <laughs> so yeah. like Mike Gasol could, or Mike Conley, I'm sorry, could definitely be somebody who is available. Um, Kemba Walker, maybe for the Hornets. Like there's definitely some possibilities out there. Uh, but I agree, like the Pacers are just a really gritty fun team they've got you know a lot of good big men like has has there been a trade that's worked out better for both teams than paul george for oladipo and damata sabonis like nah, sabonis, sabonis is, is just really a good. monster i love that guy and obviously oladipo is not paul george but he's pretty close he's really good i mean yeah. he, like it, i guess it was just all conditioning thing for him like that's which is why like, it's just wild for me to think about stuff like that like I think we just assume that, like, you know, if you play pro sports, you're just always in the best shape. And uh, I don't know. The one year old Depot just kind of let himself go a little bit. And now he's a stud again. I he also it. happened to play for the Thunder yeah, in Russ, the year Westbrook. where Westbrook was just like, you know, Super Saiyan Westbrook, 41% usage rate or whatever. So that's not really a fair representation of who he was as a player, but. Obviously, he got himself in phenomenal shape for that last Pacer season, and he's just starting to come around and get into form now. He's been dealing with some injuries this season, but you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised that the Pacers have a better record than Philly and Boston. I agree. Uh, now, I want to tie this back into football for one last question before we close. Okay, we've got uh, the current Super Bowl odds going into the weekend: uh, Saints plus one seventy, Chiefs plus one ninety. Pats plus 200 and Rams plus 280. Um, who is there a bet there that stands out to you? I mean, it sounds like you like both the Chiefs and the Saints to make it. Um, I would imagine that you wouldn't get, you can't get those odds, you know, again next week, obviously. 
Right. Um, so are you betting either of those teams now, you know, early to win? Any prognostication that you're going to do that? Probably not. I just don't think there's enough risk or enough upside. You know what I'm saying? At yeah. plus 190, like it is slight because that's the team I would bet is the Chiefs. Um, but like I could just bet the Chiefs to win this week and then bet them in the Super Bowl and make an equivalent amount of money with less risk. Yeah. So I think that's probably the way to do it as opposed to, you know, placing a futures bet that doesn't have, you know, a, a ton of upside. Very sure. Yeah. Actually, I, I have a question for you, actually. Can you, um, you know how you do like, uh, this is, this is going to be such a bad question. <laughs> you know how you can do like parlays with like the open space? Yeah. Could you do a parlay with an open space and bet like the Saints and then fill the open space with the Super Bowl with the Saints? I guess you'd be getting better odds than the than the futures bet. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you can do that. Like like a Saints money line parlay this round with a Saints future to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Um uh, it, it, maybe. And if so, like you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess give it a try, but I but you I don't think you can parlay future bets though is my answer. I think those have to be straight. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like I bet the game, like I take the parlay, I take the open space, I have the open space reserved, and I just bet. Oh, I the see game this weekend. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't think you can include any part of a of a uh, a future into a parlay, even if you do like Saints money line open space. And then try to fill it with the Saints. Like I just don't think that works. All right. I mean, but I'm sure that book. I applaud your ingenuity. Like yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm always trying to find the edge. You know. Yeah, that was like that one. The prop that I found last year that was like Brady to win Super Bowl MVP and regular season MVP, and it was like plus one fifty or something. And like the odds of Brady winning the regular season MVP were were basically locked up at that point. So I was just looking at it as I was getting the Patriots money line for plus 150. <laughs> yeah, Because exactly. I didn't think there was a situation where the Pats won and Brady isn't the MVP. Yep. You know? And, like, if they do win that game, like, yeah, he would have won that. And then he he won the regular season. Like, like looking for, for bets like that, those are the kind of prop bets that I think um, and futures bets and stuff that have, like, real value. So... It's I, I again like I think it's a sharp idea. I'm sure that the books have thought of that and don't let you do it. But like, there's always you can these things have so many bets on them. You can explore and find some good stuff out there. Totally agree. Um, and it, is your is your pick of the I, we didn't really do official picks of the week. I guess uh, book it my bookie picks of the week. Uh, is it that Chiefs over? I'm going with the over on that game. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take. Uh... <sighs> I'm going to take the Saints. I hate it. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. That would have been where I went. I mean, it's. I think those are my two favorite bets. Like, I like them both. Um, I love Let's that go. the Saints. I love this, that the Saints are a public team. You know, like, I, I get it. I get why people like the idea of the Rams, but the Saints already beat the, the Rams pretty badly at home earlier this season. And that was with Cooper Cup in the lineup. So I, I think the Saints are the better team and we're not getting, you know, graded that way right now by Vegas. So I, I love the bet there. I, I'll, I will be on them this weekend for sure. Even though if I'm, even though I might have slightly more confidence in the over in the second game. 
Love it. And uh, we just got the we just got the the alert that we have a delayed opening tomorrow. So we're already winners this weekend, Matt. <laughs> oh, that was the let's go. I gotcha. <laughs> Fire. Um, all right, great. So that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie. As always, subscribe, rate, review the show on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Get the deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code Rotoviz, and uh, you know, give us some love here on the stream with the follows and and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, next week. I, I mean, I don't know, Matt. Next week we're going to have to talk about probably some non-football stuff. So that we'll be find fun. something to do. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Uh, so format, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.